you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing, how are we doing? And welcome to episode 115, episode 115 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I am part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like I'm the Producer, He's the DJ, Burnt Toast, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Let's Get Rich Podcast, and the Marky P Show. I was on the Marky P Show last week. You can check that out on YouTube or all your favorite podcast platforms we had a great time we talked about tiger woods nba top shot aliens fan of the opera tiger woods and so much more so go check that out at the marquee p show but more importantly big night media and the banner branch podcast are now sponsored by manscape so as i'm talking to you right now head over to manscape.com and look for the perfect package and when i'm done talking to you about what the perfect package has and after what you see on the manscape website and you check out before you check out use the promo code free your balls that's right free your balls 20% off it's all one word free your balls you'll get 20% off whatever you order and you get free shipping too so what does this perfect package include well let me just say this if you're a fella and you need a new shaving tool this is the best shaving tool in the world the lawnmower 3.0 we'll talk about it in a second if you're a lady and you're not very happy or lady or a guy and you're not very happy with your significant other's balls or his ball region this is the perfect package for you so free your balls for 20 percent off and you get free shipping too so what does this perfect package include number one a leather toiletry bag can't beat that who who doesn't need a toiletry bag so it's always good to have an extra one and this manscaped one is the perfect size for you you also get manscaped boxer briefs very comfortable very cozy i got them in front of me right now i'll probably be wearing them later on today then you have the manscaped ball toner who doesn't need their balls toned right and you also get the manscaped ball deodorant it smells good and it protects you from chafing and that is something that you need especially right after you shave but the highlight of this package that's right it is the lawnmower 3.0 the best grooming kit grooming tool what grooming razor whatever you want to call it this is the best thing in the game for your balls it's so good it even has a light for those very hard to see or reach regions the lawnmower 3.0 i got it right here in front of me this thing is fantastic so make sure you use it and oh yeah you also get a newspaper why do you need a newspaper to collect all the clippings that you use from the lawnmower 3.0 so your bathroom is not a disgusting mess so fellas ladies fellas whatever the case may be whoever you're buying it for go to manscape.com look for the perfect package Use the promo code FREEYOURBALLS, all one word, for 20% off, and you get free shipping too. Now, let's talk about the other form of balls, basketball. That's right. This is the Boston Celtics podcast. 
the Banner Banter Podcast. Let's talk about how the Celtics have won four games in a row heading into the All-Star break. The All-Star game was last night. We'll break that down later on in the podcast, but let's talk about the two games that the Celtics won last week and the two games that the Celtics have this upcoming week. First off, they beat the Clippers last Tuesday night, 117-112 to at the Garden, and then they play the Toronto Raptors, and they beat them as well, 132-125. to So four games in a row, you're feeling good, you're feeling great. To be honest with you, it wasn't, a best, it wasn't against the best competition in the world, but four wins in a row, huge for the team, good confidence boost. You love to see it. Currently, they're alone in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, 19-17. and 17. They got 12 games left in the month of March, seven on the road, six at home, and three of them are back-to-back. <clears throat> now, with that being said, two of those games are this week, Thursday in Brooklyn, Sunday in Houston. And then as the rest of the month goes, they end the month with fans back at TD Garden on March 29th against the Pelicans. They play the Mavs. And then after that, I believe they have five home games. Yeah, I think they have five home games. So they have like a seven-game homestand. So this is going to be a huge... These first three weeks of the second half of the season are, are going to make or break the Celtics team, in my opinion. they There is a lot of winnable games Sure, they, they're playing the Nets. That's going to be tough. They're playing the Jazz. That's going to be tough. But they also play the Magic, the Grizzlies, the Cavs, the uh, who else do they play? The Sacramento Kings, all very winnable games. I know the Celtics have not played very well against teams below 500 this year, but this is a good opportunity to turn that page, start having a winning record against those teams that have a record below 500. So let's recap the Clippers and the Raptors game, and then we'll do sudden dead of the week we'll preview the upcoming games against brooklyn and the rockets and i'll give you a quick all-star game recap because jalen and jason both played phenomenal in the all-star game in front of the entire world so the clippers game where they won 117 112 had a weird start to it because during warm-ups Kawhi leonard went to the locker room and no one really knew why why Kawhi leonard went to the locker room did he get hurt was it a covid thing who knows but at the end of the first quarter they announced that he was out for the rest of the game due to back spasms now I know that the Celtics have beat the Clippers this year twice. They only play them twice. And to beat one of the best teams in the NBA is obviously nice to see, but there's going to be a little bit of an asterisk to it. The first game, maybe not an asterisk. Jalen Brown was out. Paul George was out. So to me, that's a wash. And the Celtics still won the game. So you love to see that. But this game, Kawhi Leonard was out. Celtics were fully healthy, minus Marcus Smart and Romeo Lankford. But it was good to see Jalen Brown back. He obviously took the Sunday before off due to his knee just to get some rest. I was okay with it, but he was back. The Celtics start off this game playing bully ball against Serge, Serge Ibaka, and that was brought to you in part by Tristan Thompson. He had seven points very early. Celtics started out 9 of 10 from the field. You're like, oh, great. What's going to happen now? And then the Clippers go on a 14-7 run, just like the classic Celtics do. But what was really cool about the first quarter and really the first half overall, it was the Paul George versus the Jalen Brown show. They went back and forth, which was a lot of fun to watch. Just to see two superstars like that, two all-stars like that, go back and forth, really, really cool. Here's my issue, though. Because, you know, I always have an issue and I always try and think negatively because, you know, my, my therapist hates it. But whatever. So Jalen Brown dropped 14 points very early in this basketball game. But he didn't finish with a lot of points in the second quarter, the third quarter, or the fourth quarter. And that is something I hope Jalen Brown changes. I need Jalen Brown to be more active getting the basketball in his hand when he's playing well. To me, that's a, a frustrating part about Jalen Brown's game. Is like he just I understand he lets the game come to him, which is great, and I, I have no issue with that. But 
Jalen Brown, when he's playing this well and shooting as well as he shot the ball early, he needs to demand the basketball, whether that's from the coach, the players, whatever the case may be. But for Jalen Brown to have 14 points in the first quarter and then only have four the rest of the game, that ain't it. Now, I know they won, so who, who gives a crap? But that's just something I hope Jalen Brown can change down the road. Also, I just need to say this. It's really cool to see someone from my hometown, Chelmsford, Massachusetts, to see someone be so active in the NBA, and that's Danny Craig. Danny Craig is the head assistant coach for the Los Angeles Clippers. He left the Miami Heat. He's now the number one guy underneath Ty Lue. And then Ty Lue was doing his you know, TNT end of the first quarter interview that the visiting coaches have to do. And to see in the background Danny Craig coaching all the Los Angeles Clippers was really cool to see. So shout out to Danny Craig there. But it was also great to see standby your man Marcus Morris. He played very well to start, but got a weird elbow from Jalen Brown. Obviously, it was by mistake. Got a weird elbow from Jalen Brown. Left the game with a concussion. Hope he's doing okay, but he didn't play the rest of the game. So, obviously, that's another big plus for the Boston Celtics if standby your man Marcus Morris isn't playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. So, no Kawhi, no Marcus Morris. How are the Celtics going to win this basketball game minus Jalen Brown? Well, thankfully, Peyton Pritchard and the Time Lord, a.k.a. Rob Williams, came to play they're really starting to build great chemistry together off the bench they went on a 5-0 run all through the pick and roll the first one uh robert williams set a good screen ran to the hoop alley-oop boom time lord what else is new another sick dunk and then the next possession down pick and roll this time they didn't they went under the screen which gave peyton pritchard an opportunity to shoot the three he's been shooting the three ball well lately knock on wood hopefully that can continue and i love that but then the Clippers started playing some zone. The Celtics cooled off a little bit, which was bound to happen. You knew the Celtics weren't going to shoot 90% all night, especially when they started 9-10 to 10 from the field. But the Clippers went on a 17-8 run. And it's just it's really crazy how there are times where the Celtics are really good at playing the zone. The, with Daniel Tice at the free throw line, Jason Tatum at the free throw line, you throw the ball in there, guys cut to the rim, or they take the elbow jumpers, or they attack, drive and kick, whatever the case may be. It's crazy how it works for like two or three possessions, and then they just don't do anything. I don't know if that's Brad Stevens trying to get cute, or I just don't know if that's the players sick of playing zone offense. Well, that sucks. That's part of basketball. you got to figure it out. But the Celtics were losing at halftime, and you didn't know what team you were going to get. Because going into that halftime, the Celtics were 1-11 when they were losing at halftime. But they also scored more than 60 points, where at the time, they were 12-2. So which one were you going to get? Were you going to get the team that was going to score a lot of points and win this basketball game? Or were you going to get the team that craps their pants in the second half? And luckily, they got the team that keeps scoring in the second half. And they're now 13-2 when they score 16 points or more in the second half. And now 2-11 when losing at halftime. So that's definitely something they can improve on in the second half. The third quarter was hideous by both teams. It was absolutely awful. Celtics had a hard time rebounding the ball. And the thing that was really annoying is that the Celtics had more offensive rebounds than the Clippers did by like a lot. But the Clippers had so many more second chance points. So it was crazy to see that the Celtics could get offensive rebounds, couldn't capitalize on second chance points opportunities, but the Clippers could. So hopefully that is something else that the Celtics can improve in the second half. Tristan Thompson, obviously a very good offensive rebounder, one of the best offensive rebounders in the game. Obviously he played well. He knows how to score at the rim for second chance points, but if he gets trapped and he kicks it out, can other guys step up, attack the rim, hit their shots, whatever the case may be. So the Celtics are still losing 
heading into the fourth quarter where the Clippers are heading into this fourth quarter were 23-4 and four when they lead going into the fourth quarter. So again, that really doesn't look good for the Celtics, but thankfully, Kemba Walker came to life. He came to save the day. He carried the team, played one of his better games of the season in the fourth quarter. Shemi scored a bit. Peyton scored. Time Lord scored. They all kept... <clears throat> They all kept scoring alive in that fourth quarter, especially since Jason Tatum couldn't hit a shot. I mean, he couldn't find T at the Boston Tea Party. That's how much he was missing shots. Didn't have a great game. Now, he did hit a big corner three-pointer, took his time, took a deep breath, stuck it, and that helped the Celtics extend the lead a little bit, so that was really good to see. But overall, it was an entertaining game. Celtics closed it out, and I love to see the Time Lord out there making some clutch free throws, getting some rebounds, getting fouled. Celtics win. By five, one seventeen to one twelve. So at this point, three games in a row, you're going into the Raptors game. You're feeling good. No Siakam, no Van Fleet, no Nick Nurse, no OG Ananobi. So this should be a blowout, right? Well, the Celtics didn't want to play defense, so it all of a sudden became a, comp- a, a competitive game. And to be honest with you, I'm really not surprised the Celtics didn't want to play defense. I think they all needed a break. I think Brad, Jay, the front office. Whatever the case may be, the players, the coaching staff, everyone just needed a break from each other. And I hope none of them have talked to each other except for Jalen and Jason. Everyone's taking a break from each other. They're being supportive towards each other, you know, during the All-Star game. But besides that, I hope they don't talk to each other. They come back open-minded, ready to go. Okay? That's how I feel about it. I, I just feel like sometimes you just need to take a step away from everything and everyone. And this was a perfect opportunity for the Boston Celtics to do that. But let's talk about the game. They obviously... Uh, didn't play defense at all. And this was also Brad Stevens' 600th career game. And overall, throughout the entire game, the reason why the Celtics scored 132 points, I mean, sure, the Raptors weren't playing a lot of defense either, but they shot 60.8% from the field. The Celtics shot over 60% from the field, which is the second best to date under the Brad Stevens era. So nice little gift from the players to Brad Stevens there for coaching there, coaching his 600th game. Jason Tatum, he played very well early in this game. It was nice to see Jason Tatum finally scoring some baskets in the first quarter because we haven't seen that in a really, really long time. And the other thing that I really enjoyed was Kemba was cutting through double teams with his dribble, things that we haven't seen in a really, really, really long time, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the Raptors scored in transition, the Raptors got points off of turnovers, and they scored on the Celtics when the Celtics couldn't set up their offense they knew if there was a made basket if they caught the ball and sprint up the court and the Celtics couldn't set up their defense they were going to get easy buckets and that's what they did they just got it and they ran they also took a lot of threes it was the second night of a back-to-back they played Pistons the night before they don't have you know three of their very good players probably three out of their top four best players on the team they don't have their head coach so they just decided hey we're going to live or die by the three and they lived by it in the first half let me tell you it kind of reminded me of the Pistons games uh, a few weeks back when all they were doing were hitting threes, especially one player. That was Sadiq Bay, who I wanted the Celtics to draft. But this time it was Chris Boucher or Busher, whatever his name is. But I, I think it's Chris Boucher. Lengthy kid, you know, probably needs to eat a couple cheeseburgers. This kid's so skinny. But he hit a couple big threes. Some of them were contested. I, I mean, if you're Brad Stevens, you're probably okay with you know, Chris Boucher hitting a contested jumper over Robert Williams, having it literally look like a reading, reading rainbow, just the way that it goes in and falls into the basket. So shout out to Chris Boucher. He played very, very well, for sure. I mean, he's definitely had a good season this year. He needed to have a good season with Serge Ibaka leaving. He can't shoot the ball as well as Serge Ibaka, but in this game, he, he damn well did. And But thankfully, the Time Lord did come in 
when the Celtics needed some energy, and the Celtics got a lot of second-chance points from that. Kemba and Peyton carried the scoring load in that second uh, quarter, but Daniel Tice was nowhere to be seen. I mean, Jeff Teague, who had a nice game, he actually started in the second half uh, against the Raptors because Daniel Tice, I, I guess, got benched, or maybe he was hurt. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it, it was very, very weird. But Tatum started the second half with a sick behind-the-back move for a dunk, and the Raptors were missing a ton of shots that they made in the first half. You knew it couldn't continue, just like in the first quarter of the Celtics game against the, the Clippers, the Celtics shooting wouldn't continue because that's how the NBA works. So the, Celt- the Raptors were missing shots. Celtics were able to go on a 16-5 to run, and then Kyle Lowry decided to go absolutely bananas, get all of his players involved. I don't know if he – it was almost like he was Thor, and he had, like, all the gemstones and – the. Kyle Lowry had 19 assists. I don't like Kyle Lowry. We all know that. If you listen to this podcast, I don't like Kyle Lowry in any way, shape, or form. But with that being said, if if you can have 19 assists, that's very impressive, especially with three of your top guys out. So, so a small, very, very small golf cop to Kyle Lowry. What was very interesting in this fourth quarter is Grant Williams decided to show up and play basketball. He had a nice game. He dropped 17 points. Now, we all know that I don't like Grant Williams, the basketball player. Grant Grant Williams, the person, seems fun, seems entertaining, so that's great. But Grant Williams, the basketball player, I don't like him, okay? I don't like it, but I will give him credit for this. He's gotten a couple did not play due to coach's decision lately, but the fact that he can come in and score 17 points is impressive. So I got to give a shout-out to him for always being ready. Now, is it ideal? No. Do I want to see him less? Yes. But if you can come in after a couple DNPs and drop 17 points, that's very impressive. But good for you. So, fourth quarter comes around. Classic Celtics. They go cold. Uh, they missed a chance to rest the starters because I think they had a 13 or 14 point lead. The Raptors came back. But then Jeff Teague hit a huge shot with 90 seconds to go, put the Celtics up eight, and then that was the ball game. Jeff Teague had another good week for the Celtics. Hopefully that can improve in the second half. Obviously we're not seeing the same minutes from Aaron Neesmith uh, as we did because I think Jeff Teague is starting to play well. And Brad, I, I, I don't know what Brad's beef is with Aaron Neesmith. Maybe he realized he's not ready yet. Maybe Aaron Neesmith's back spasms are kicking up again. Or maybe Brad's just mad at the way he defended Luca when Luca hit that shot because you know Aaron Neesmith was on Luca when Luca hit that step back jumper to uh, end the game in Dallas a couple weeks ago. So the thing with Aaron Neesmith for everyone who wants Aaron Neesmith out there is complaining that Aaron Neesmith's not out there enough. You might not see Aaron Neesmith for a really long time because Romeo Langford should be, could be coming back, and I think the Celtics really like Romeo Langford, which is a damn shame. But Romeo Langford's going to come back, and those are the minutes that Aaron Neesmith would play. So if Jeff Teague's playing well, a veteran, and Romeo Langford's coming back, and he's 100% healthy, I don't think we're going to see Aaron Neesmith a lot. But with that being said, from what we saw defensively, effort-wise, maybe not shooting-wise, but everything else, things that we weren't expecting from Aaron Neesmith was good. So hopefully he can get some minutes to go in the second half. So... With that being said, before we preview the upcoming week and recap the All-Star Game, let's get in to Stud and Dud of the Week. And now, it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. All 
All right, it's time for the episode 115 stud and dud of the week. Stud of the week is Kemba Walker. Hands down, no questions asked, don't pass go, don't collect $200. He dropped 25 points and literally carried the scoring load when the Celtics needed it, when Jason and Jalen went cold against the Clippers. You could argue he was the best player for them in this game. He can be trusted right now. I really think he can. Now, am I saying, Kemba Walker's back, he's an all-star, oh my god. No, I just think Kemba Walker is improving day by day. And he can be trusted if Jalen and Jason are on the bench. They need some extra, some rest. Because, you know, Jalen plays with the bench a lot. Jason plays with the bench a lot. So if both of those guys can just sit down for maybe 90 seconds, 2 minutes, and Kemba can carry the scoring load, that is needed. And Kemba showed that he could do that. And he did, at times, look like his old self. Very explosive, finishing at the rim, dribbling through those double teams when people basically, when they set a pick and roll, if Time Lord comes up and sets a screen, Time Lord's defender and Kemba's defender tried and trap him, and the fact that he could dribble through some defenders, attack the rim, do a floater, maybe get to the free throw line, that's going to be huge for the Celtics going forward. But here's my issue. Is this break going to kill the rhythm for Kemba Walker? Because over the last two weeks, if you take away the Pelicans game where he did not shoot the ball very well, I think he was like 2 of 11 or like 4 of 14, something something terrible along those lines. Kemba Walker did not have a very good game for the Pelicans. But the two games before that and since then, he's been phenomenal. He's averaging over 20 points a game. His shooting percentages have gone up. He just looks like a better player. He's done a great job picking up offensive fouls. He has no problem stepping in. I love to see that. He's still smiling. But here's here's the thing. Can that continue with this break? You hate to see someone playing so well, feeling a rhythm, and then having to go on a break. Now, for his knee, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Okay? Rest that knee. I still don't think we're going to see Kemba Walker playing in any back-to-backs this year, which kind of stinks because he might be needed for a couple, but we play the Jazz uh, not this upcoming week, but the following week on the first sign of a back-to-back, so that will be nice. And then we also play the 76ers in April on the first sign of a back-to-back, so that will be nice to have him in those type of situations against really, really good teams. So Kemba Walker, stud of the week. He's definitely improving. Hopefully this little break doesn't kill his rhythm, and if it doesn't, then we are in good shape going forward in the second half, for sure. And then the dud of the week is Daniel Tice. He just didn't have a great week compared to his previous weeks. Him and Kemba play so, so well together. So well, shout out to Adam Taylor from Celtics Blog for tweeting uh, for tweeting this out. Kemba Walker has 85 assists this year. 25 of those are to Daniel Tice, which is 29%. 29% of Kemba Walker's assists are going to Daniel Tice. They play very well together. And Daniel Tice just didn't have a good week. He didn't play a lot. I mean, he got benched for Jeff Teague. In the second half, I mean, that that isn't ideal. And I'm sure for confidence-wise, that's probably not ideal either. But Daniel Tice is a veteran. He's a team guy. It was, it was the right call from Brad to not put Daniel Tice back into the game and to play Jeff Teague a little bit more because of the matchup. But hopefully Daniel Tice can enjoy this break, play better. He's obviously had some weird injuries this year with his finger, ankle, whatever the case may be, but I want Daniel Tice starting for this team. I know a lot of people want the Time Lord to be starting, and I just think that Daniel Tice works better with Jason 
and Jason, I'm sorry, Jason and Jason and Jason, Jason and Jalen and Kemba and eventually Marcus, because hopefully Marcus Smart will be back sooner rather than later. I think Marcus Smart is going to come back March 29th. That's going to be my prediction right now. March 29th, the very first game that the Boston Celtics can have fans, Marcus Smart will be back. That's my prediction. But Daniel Tice is the dead of the week. Two games, 14 points, seven boards. That's not going to cut it from your starting center. So he had a couple bad games. It sucks. I called you out on it. Hopefully he's listening, and hopefully he can play better to start the All-Star break. Now, speaking about the All-Star break, the All-Star break is over on Wednesday for the NBA, if you're listening on Monday, so in a couple days. If you're listening on Tuesday, tomorrow. If you're listening on Wednesday, today. If you're listening on Thursday, the Boston Celtics are playing tonight. 7.30 in Brooklyn against the Brooklyn Nets on TNT, and then Sunday in Houston at 8 p.m. Brooklyn might not have Kevin Durant, which is obviously a good thing, but... Who's going to control Kyrie Irving and James Harden? Because James Harden, for whatever reason, has decided to take a step back from being the best player on his team and actually being the best player on his team. And what I mean by that is James Harden has decided to do everything he can to help his team win. Rebound, assist, and score. He used to do that, of course, in Houston. But now he realizes that he doesn't have to do everything. And the fact that James Harden is realizing he doesn't have to do everything shows that he's the best player on the team, showing that he's willing to take a step back and do everything that he's got to do. And he's played unbelievable lately. The The Nets have won 11 out of 12 games. They lost to the Mavericks on the road. And here's what's scary. When James Harden is the point guard and he knows that he doesn't have to score all the time, ugh, that leaves other people open and that's not ideal. They score the most points in the league by three whole points. You could literally look at the amount of points on average that each team scores in the NBA and some of the margins will be like half a point, a full point. But the fact that they're beating the Utah Jazz, who I believe is the second highest scoring team in the NBA, by three full points is absolutely banana land. But here's the thing. They also have a bottom five defense. As good as James Harden is on offense, we all know that James Harden can't defend for the life of him. So the Celtics have to capitalize on how poorly the Nets are on defense. Can they keep up scoring-wise? Uh, I don't know. That makes me a little iffy. Now, am I expecting the Celtics to win this game? No. But if the Celtics can pull off this game, be winners of five in a row, go against the Nets, because this is what's going to happen. They're going to lose to the Nets, and everyone's going to go, oh, see, those, that four-game winning streak didn't even matter. Folks, they're not going to beat the Brooklyn Nets. And if they do, I would love to be wrong. I'll, I'll be the happiest wrong person this side of the Mississippi. But the Nets are very good, and they're only getting better. They don't rebound the ball very well because all they have is DeAndre Jordan, but after that, they really don't. So can the starters control the boards? Can Jalen and Jason control Kemba and Kyrie? Uh, Kemba and I'm sorry. Can Jason and Jalen control Kyrie and Jalen? That's going to be very important. And can the Celtics not let Joe Harris shoot the ball? Because this is one of those games, like the Sadiq Bay game, the Chris Busher game. Uh, Bradley Beal, whatever the case may be, this is one of those games where Joe Harris is going to be left open due to poor defensive rotations by the Boston Celtics, and he's going to go lights out. If he misses a bunch of shots, that's a good thing. It really is. But don't leave Joe Harris open for the love of God. And the other thing, we might see Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin has signed a veteran minimum deal to join the Brooklyn Nets. I know a lot of people say, well, why didn't the Celtics want this guy? Blake Griffin is not the same guy. Blake Griffin plays three-point line to three-point line. Blake Griffin, after his couple knee, I think he had two knee surgeries in eight months in 2019 or 2020, whenever, whenever that was, he's just not the same guy. He's washed. 
Is he a good fit for them? Sure. Is he going to drop 25 points for them in one second round game and everyone say, see, that signing was worth it? Absolutely. 1,000%. But here's the thing. Blake Griffin cannot jump over the flat tire from the car that he jumped over in the slam dunk contest. He just doesn't have it. He can't rebound the same. He can't out-muscles guys the same. And I know he was playing for the Detroit Pistons, not the best franchise in the world. But, hey, as far as I know, three years ago, he was an all-NBA player playing for the Detroit Pistons who had a losing record. He's just not the same guy. He's obviously ring-chasing, and he probably realizes how washed he is because he's going to be coming off the bench for them. I don't see Blake Griffin starting for this team unless literally a miracle happens because when you watch him play, it literally looks like he has bricks in his feet. It's ridiculous. So could the Celtics have got him? Sure, but I feel like in this situation, he's going to be relied on less in Brooklyn versus what he would have been here at the Celtics. He would have actually needed to be an option. I don't think he needs to be an option for the Brooklyn Nets because that's how good they are with Durant and Harden and Kyrie. So the Rockets game on Sunday, this should be a win. They aren't that great in any way, shape, or form, but they obviously do have their moments. I mean, they've beaten the Mavs, they've beaten the Trailblazers lately, but more importantly, they've lost 13 games in a row. So hopefully that can continue when the Celtics come to town. John Wall isn't the same player, but he is pretty damn close. He dropped 36 points versus the Nets, actually. He's still very fast. He can get he can get a rebound, go from point A to point V, uh, point V, point B, very, very quickly. They don't have Boogie Cousins anymore. They released him. He'll probably sign with the Lakers, most likely. I mean, if he wants to come to the Celtics, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't expect a lot from him, but I, I wouldn't be against it. But they also have Christian Wood. Christian Wood, who came over from the Pistons, has played very very, very, very well for this Houston Rockets team this year. He's averaging a lot of points, good chunk of rebounds as well. I I feel like this will be a good matchup for the Time Lord. I don't know how Tice or Thompson are going to match up with him, but the Time Lord and Christian Wood, I feel like that will be an athletic, big extravaganza, and it will be a lot of fun. P.J. Tucker is also on this team. He's a heck of a defender. He's going to be physical. He's going to try and frustrate Jason Tatum. I promise you Jason Tatum is going to complain about two or three calls, if not more, whenever P.J. Tucker is guarding him. Wouldn't be surprised to see if Brad even tries to match up with him and start Shemi or Grant Williams. I mean, gun to the head, I'd rather start Shemi. Uh, and then they also got Victor Oladipo, too. And Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, I mean, Aaron Gordon. Nope, he's on the Orlando Magic. Eric Gordon is also on this team. So Victor Oladipo, he can still score at will, for sure. He can still have his moments. Eric Gordon, one of the better shooters off the bench in the league. He's been out with an injury, but, you know, like like I said, he still has that shot. So I can see the Celtics going 1-1 one one this week. They cannot start 0-2. They have to beat this Rockets team. I know they can beat this Rockets team because after the Rockets, they come home, have a day off, and they have to play the Utah Jazz. So they better go 1-1 one one because they're going to have a tough time with the Brooklyn Nets and the Utah Jazz. But that's the good thing about starting off this month because after that, they have some pretty easy games ahead. They they really and truly do. Sure, it sucks playing the Nets. I'm not worried about the Rockets. And sure, it's, it sucks playing the Jazz. But then after they play the Jazz, you have Cleveland, Sacramento, Orlando, and Memphis. Four games that they should win that are very winnable games. And they have two games in a row against Milwaukee. They go and play OKC and then Pelicans, Dallas, Houston again, Charlotte. Those are all very winnable games, and they should be able to at least split with the Milwaukee Bucks because it's not a second night of a back-to-back. 
So that's that. All right, uh, before we finish the podcast, let's just recap the All-Star game real quick. It was obviously great to see Jalen and Jason out there. They started off doing the three-point contest. Jalen started late. <laughs> like, the guy was like, three, two, one, go. And Jalen just didn't go. He started late, but he made or he got 17 points and almost broke his leg hitting the rack. I've been a big, a big fan of, I don't understand why Jalen and Jason are playing a lot during this All-Star Week, and especially Jalen with the knee tendonitis. And I swear to God, if that rack hurt his ankle or his knee more, I was going to lose my mind. I got so angry watching them laugh at Jalen during that replay because that could have been his career and maybe I'm over exaggerating a bit and I don't care but that drove me bananas and then Jason Tatum in the first round had 25 points he made it to the finals only got 17 Mike Conley got 26 or 27 and Steph Curry won it Steph Curry is just a ridiculous shooter absolutely ridiculous but the all-star game a lot of fun it wasn't as competitive as the year before but Jalen played well Jason played well. Jalen finished with 22 points. He had six three-pointers. Jason had 21 points, seven assists, four steals. Both of them played under 25 minutes, and neither of them got hurt. Thank God. But it was really cool to see Jason like slap the slap the ground like he was at Cameron Indoor Stadium playing for Duke, guarding Jalen Brown, having both of those guys go back to back and forth. I really think I I don't know if a lot of people are going to talk about this, but I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to talk about it. Seeing those two during this All-Star weekend and during this All-Star game and how they, you know, tweet towards each other or post on Instagram and joke around with each other, their relationship is good. They do not like, they do not not like each other. They like each other a lot. They know how good they are together and they showed the world how good they are together. Jalen was fantastic. Jason did some other things minus scoring, a lot of assists, steals. And I know it's not a big defensive game, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, if they can carry this momentum, carry their shooting rhythm, carry their happiness and their confidence back into the Celtics locker room for the second half of the season, it's going to go a long, long way. So that's it for episode 115 of the Banner Banter podcast. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and comment on your thoughts, concerns, and recipes about the podcast. And don't forget to go to manscaped.com, find the perfect package, use the lawnmower 3.0. That's right. And you can use the discount code FINDYOURBALLS for 20% off and free shipping. So that's it. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.